Find out the danger of free coffee on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Johnny here again, and welcome to another episode of Pushback. You know, I always try to have sort of compelling uh, titles to my podcast that would hopefully draw you in. Uh, Well, I used maybe two of the most potent words that I could use on this week's podcast. One word is free, and the other word is coffee. Now, as I shared before, and I hope this doesn't lose any of my uh, listenership, but uh, I'm not a coffee drinker. I I, I never have seen the appeal to it. I have had moments where I've needed caffeine, and I tend to go more the soda route than the coffee route. Uh, but I'm going to use coffee as an analogy uh, today, which I think hopefully will help bring some clarity to a subject that's not very clear. And I am not an economic expert or a financial expert, um, but I am a physician. And I want to talk about the relationship of healthcare to our daily lives and and what is happening uh, in this sort of, if I can be so bold, social takeover uh, by the government in regards to healthcare. I believe it's important, again, that we have the language to talk about this effectively. And that's really the subplot of my podcast is to give you guys speaking points, talking points about what is healthy and what is unhealthy in our country. And when culture is unhealthy, that we are willing as ambassadors of heaven and the citizenry of God's kingdom to actually speak up and push back. That's my heart. And so I want to talk about this uh, tricky topic today, uh, this topic of healthcare, and really the fundamental social and political question that we hear every time we hear a debate or or people talking about healthcare specifically. Is healthcare a right as an American citizen? And this is a tricky question. It's a tricky question. Now, let me give you my perspective on this. I believe access to healthcare is a right, but the purchasing and utilization of healthcare is a choice. I believe as American citizens, we have freedom to use our money, use our resources any way that we see fit. And this conversation is confusing because if you really dig into it, you'll have to recognize that there is a difference between healthcare and health insurance. These are two different things. Now, I don't want your eyes to glaze over and go, oh, he's going to talk about health insurance. I am to a certain degree, but this is a cultural piece that we need to lean in and understand. And healthcare is just one example of, I believe, the dangers of socialism and this idea of government intervention in something that I believe can work quite well in a capitalistic society. So let me talk about this. Let's dive into this a little bit. Now, health insurance is a product. It's a purchased product used to finance or to help cover healthcare costs. So 
people and politicians, in my opinion, are ask, actually asking the wrong question or having the wrong conversation because what they're inferring or what they are asking is health insurance a right as an American citizen? Because that's really the discussion, not health care. Now, I want to break down health care to you the best that I can and talk about the players involved uh, so that I can convey to you the dangers of a socialistic society, or in this example, government-mandated or government-run health insurance. Because that's what we're talking about. Now, their heart and their end game is that government-run health insurance would allow you more access to health care, which is a right as an American citizen. But sometimes we can't connect the dots, and I believe that's what we are seeing today in our society as we are, quote-unquote, experimenting with the government's involvement in healthcare. So I believe that there's a wheel and you are in the middle of the wheel as the patient, obviously. And there are three spokes to this wheel. The first spoke is medical systems themselves. We're talking about clinics and hospitals and, and the companies that actually provide the medical services. Now, these medical systems typically are paid when you provide services. So if everybody was 100% healthy and never went into a medical system, uh, they would go out of business. (laughs) They are run by providing medical services. The second spoke are insurance companies. Now, interestingly, insurance companies are paid or make money when not providing services. And so insurance companies and medical systems are often at odds with each other because medical or insurance companies actually make more money when you are actually not going to the hospital and asking or getting services provided on yourself. And the third spoke of the wheel is somebody like me, a provider, a physician, physician assistant, nursing, um, nurse practitioner, or other healthcare providers and they have used to be paid they used to be get used to get paid when providing services we called it fee for service much like an auto mechanic you go in and you pay them to do the work and we often got paid for that we see you we provide a service we get paid for that service and now it's sort of a mixed bag and i will get into that a little bit more late a little bit later because the way that we are getting paid as providers is unfortunately ever changing and i don't believe for the better now i believe there have been rising medical costs and people can say well yes there has been a medical crisis because the costs of medical care have been has been increasing so something needed to be done but i would submit to you that the rising medical costs is actually the result of slow government interference slowly over time slowly over time now, I believe that health care is a choice, and in a capitalistic society, it could work, and it tends to work. Does it work perfectly? No, because capitalism has kryptonite, and the kryptonite of capitalism is greed. And so there can also be rising medical costs because of simply medical companies and insurance companies wanting to make more profit. And they are pushing the system 
in a place of greed. I, I recognize that. And I believe that that needs to have a check and balance. But I believe that there is a check and balance and there is a secret sauce to the, the, the secret sauce to the capitalistic mindset and how and why it works. And has been working, by the way, for hundreds of years with the greatest growing, booming economy that this world in the history of the world has ever seen. And the secret sauce is this one critical word. It's the word competition. Competition. And I will get into that and explain why that works so well. Now, to be fair and to be clear, we've always had a generous society to the poor and some sort of uh, some sort or form of government assistance, uh, safety net, if you would. And it's been present for a long time. Things like Medicare or Medicaid have been present, and you can argue are even a small form of socialistic involvement. And I believe that it's good to be compassionate, and it's good to be generous, and it's good to take the care of those who are less fortunate than us or those who have financial need. And that is always a Christian mindset, and it's always been a an American mindset because the American philosophy is grounded and based on Christian principles. But now, politicians have been actually spinning this talking point that health insurance is a right as a citizen. And this is important because health insurance doesn't mean health care. And that's the key. It makes for a really good political talking point to say that X number of millions of people are now insured, but it's not necessarily getting to the finish line, which is, which is X number of people have access to health care. So the government has moved into not the healthcare game, but the health insurance game, and it was called Obamacare, introduced several years before. And my friends, this has predictable results. And, and I would say to you, um, as not much of a conspiracy theorist, uh, uh, generally speaking, that this is a sinister part of a bigger plan because once an entitlement is given, it is very hard to remove. And I think even President Trump realized that. So that's why I believe Obamacare was passed in the middle of the night on a weekend because they thought, just get it passed and we'll deal with the fallout later. Because once it's given, it'll be really hard to remove. So I want to use an analogy. It's not a perfect one, but I believe it actually illustrates pretty well what is happening right now in America. So let's say that politicians decided that drinking coffee at a coffee shop is a right as an American citizen. <laughs> Free coffee. It's a right as an American citizen. Everybody should be able to drink coffee from a coffee shop. It's not just for the rich or the elite. It's for everyone. And it creates a great talking point. We will leave no American behind in their quest for a latte. <laughs> so the government issues a mandate that every citizen needs to purchase a coffee card or apply for a Starbucks free coffee card. And I hope you catch the irony that they need to purchase a free card. That's the way the government does this, you realize. And if you don't either have a card or purchase this free Starbucks card, there'll be a penalty. Now, why would you add a penalty to that? 
because you actually need to pay for this. Free coffee doesn't just fall from the air. You need to, you actually need to pay for it. And if you don't like coffee, you still have to purchase a card because those that are under utilizers will actually help pay for those that actually do like coffee and need coffee. Do you catch the analogy? Do you remember when Obamacare come out, came out, there was outrage from college students that didn't want to purchase expensive health care or buy health, expensive health care services because they were under utilizers. They're young, healthy people. But Obamacare required it because they're the ones who are actually financing the health care for those who actually do need it. The underutilizers pay for the utilizers. So now we flooded the market with free Starbucks coffee cards and the government needs to help cover the cost of the free coffee to Starbucks. But the government doesn't have unlimited resources, contrary to what they may think, and they can't afford to pay full price for the latte. So they contract with the Starbucks company to just pay half price. Now, to cover the loss that Starbucks is now going to face, they charge the quote-unquote regular customers twice as much. The rate for coffee goes way up. Other coffee shops now lose revenue because the Starbucks card is the cheapest and the most preferred through the government, so they either go out of business or they raise their prices to help cover the loss. Now, my friends, that's exactly what we saw immediately once Obamacare was, enact- was activated. Everybody's rates skyrocketed. This is not a surprise. This is what we would expect in this analogy, and this is what actually happened. They assured us you didn't need to change your insurance, but rates went up and many lost their coverage because coffee shops went out of business. They didn't get their usual coffee. Or if they did go after their usual coffee, it cost twice as much. So in effect, you lost your coverage or the coverage at least that you were used to. So now we've flooded all of these, all of the Starbucks with these cards. So the lines at Starbucks is now down the street and everyone has coverage, but no access. Do you see what I'm saying? Everyone has a Starbucks card, but to actually get into Starbucks and get your coffee is a different story. Now, the baristas are overworked, and to help cover losses that Starbucks is now realizing, their wages are decreased. (laughs) And instead of getting paid by the hour, they get paid by customer satisfaction surveys. (laughs) Customers who have been waiting in line for hours. These are the ones that are going to give their survey on how well they are being treated. So, my friends, I'm not making this up. Barack, President Barack Obama said this very clearly, and if you actually were able to lean into it and pay attention, this is what he said. To help pay for Obamacare, they're going to change the way that providers get paid. This not fee-for-service, but by performance. Now, they developed outcomes or benchmarks that would need to be met on basically decreasing utilization. Now, remember, a government is now the insurance company, and insurance companies get paid, remember, by not providing services. And so if we can decrease utilization and improve our outcomes, which basically means patients not needing to go into the hospital, patients not getting worse, but they're actually getting better and requiring less utilizations. If we can prove that we're doing that, then we actually get paid money. 
Now, we're not getting paid more money. We're actually getting deducted that amount of money, and then we get it back if we reach certain benchmarks. Now, the benchmarks move. I know this sounds crazy. The benchmarks move so that they cannot get met, and that's how the money is saved. Obama said it straight up. I'm not making this up. We're not getting changed the way in, in the way that we're getting paid. We're getting changed by the way we're not getting paid. <laughs> and my friends, it makes for unhappy baristas, <laughs> in my analogy. The result, and we've seen this, this is predictable, this is exactly what happened, was mass retirements, decreased recruitments, less people, especially in the primary care field. Uh, primary care is quickly dying, my friends. Who would want to go into primary care to get paid much less and have to get paid based on performance measures that you have absolutely no control of? How patients behave and how they take care of their health care is a patient decision. Doctors give advice and they guide and they direct, but they have no control over the outcomes despite all of our best efforts. Now, often what happens is someone opens a competitor down the street in a situation like this. Let's call it star blocks. <laughs> a star blocks opens down the street and they don't accept Starbucks cards. And they offer you latte at regular prices with no waiting. At least for those that can afford both the compulsory card and this extra service. And so my friends, what happens over time is that quality healthcare is still given and caters to those who are wealthy and can afford it. And in fact, the division even becomes more so. My friends, socialism does not help close the gap between the wealthy and the poor. It actually makes it worse. It actually drives division so that those with money can still actually go outside of the system and pursue the things that they require or need. And those that are poor are stuck in a system where they still do not have access to health care. This kind of fires me up and I'm sorry about the volume. <laughs> And we don't have to guess how this is going to turn out. We've seen it many times in other countries. Take Canada or England who offer universal health care coverage. It makes for a great talking point as more millions of people are covered, but actually de decreased health access. And in Canada and England, we see this today. People wait months and sometimes years for routine care or surgery. And England has alternative health care for the wealthy. My friends, I can't even make this up. As physicians moonlight, they have compulsory patients they have to take care of, but then they moonlight for the wealthy to provide faster access to medical care. And they get paid on the side for this. My friends, Canadians every day are driving through Minnesota um, to get to Mayo Clinic to actually get coverage and care that they can't get in Canada or have been waiting for it for months. This is what happens when you flood the market with free coffee Starbucks cards. This is, this is what we see. We don't have to guess how this is going to turn out. You know, the government has actually tried to run many coffee shops in the past. And my friends, none of them have worked. All of these maneuverings can help win votes, but actually removes you out of the center of the wheel, out of the picture, you the patient. 
You have no real access and you have no accountability for the the money that's being exchanged. We can't offer something like Obamacare and then give effective deductibles because that would still result in disadvantages to the poor. And so the result of this is actually we actually disutilize or misutilize our resources. For instance, when there is no deductible and no accountability, people f- run to the emergency department, my field, my physician, my, my position, for their primary care. Why? Because in a little town like mine, there's no waiting. Why make an appointment when you can go in at 10 p.m. at night and be seen by an ER physician and provide the same care? Now, granted, it costs five, maybe six, maybe seven times more to go to the ER for your coverage, but it doesn't matter because you're not responsible. This money apparently falls from the trees. It doesn't matter how expensive the latte is as long as I get my latte. And my friend, my friends, this is the wrong direction for everyone. I've heard many people say, well, Obamacare isn't all bad. And really what they mean by that is, is that, well, some people have health care that didn't have health care before. No, they have health care insurance that they didn't have before, but it's not good insurance and does not guarantee health access. So what is the answer in the little time that I have left? It's to put you back into the center of the wheel and give you access and give you ownership. Now, that sounds like a good political speaking point, too. It's not easy, and I'm not going to pretend that it is. But with effective competition, everybody wins. So let me talk about that. Let me talk about you as the center of the wheel. I'm a big fan of high-deductible insurance plans. Now, you may say, well, that costs a lot of money out of pocket. But I believe that the money difference between uh, your premium, the money you can save on your premium, if you can save that into a savings account, it'll more than cover your deductible for most people. And you have catastrophic coverage so that if you have a catastrophe, a car accident, a major surgery, that you are covered for those huge expenses. But it puts patients in charge of resources because you have a deductible that you are actually controlling. And deductibles, in my opinion, are easy to supplement if we need to with some government assistance or even better charitable contributions. Time for the church to rise up and to take care of the poor and the sick like we were mandated to from the beginning. And deductibles are easy, simple way to supplement people who are seeking care. Many patients think about resources if they have a deductible, like an ER visit. Maybe if my child throws up one time, we don't run into the ER, but we probably can wait till the morning. Savings and responsibility. But most importantly, it gets patients to shop around. It's called competition and it's called capitalism and it works. If it costs $5,000 to get my appendix out here, but down the street it costs $2,500, guess what? I'm going down the street. Because that's going to lower my deductible, what I have to pay. It's shopping around. It's what we do every day when we shop on Amazon or any place that we go. We try to get the best deal for the best price. It empowers us. It helps the spoke number one, which is the medical systems. Competition. If they charge $8 for a latte, but Starblocks charges $4, they're going to need to lower their prices. Yes, lower their prices. Government regulations actually kill the small guy. I'm part of a small local health system. We're independent. 
But these systems like mine are getting swallowed up all the time by the big systems because they aren't as affected by government regulations. And it actually will equal less access, especially in rural areas. This is not good for rural areas. The spoke number two, the insurance companies cover catastrophic problems, but they save money on claims because of higher deductibles. And they compete for your business. The coverage versus the deductible. What company offers you the best coverage with the best deductible? And competition results in lower prices. Yes, lower prices. Are you noticing a theme? Spoke number three, us as providers. You can keep and have access to your provider that you know and that cares for you. And we are also held accountable by competition and word of mouth, even social media. We can provide a higher level, you, you can get a higher level of care and someone that is versus someone that is working for the government and just punching in and out. I'm telling you, it results in complacency, even in providers, when we have no incentive to be great. And you also get the brightest and the best. We are at a crossroads right now with medical um, professionals coming into the ranks, especially for primary care. It's drying up. Why would you spend uh, decades of your life in training and not even start practicing until you're 30? Why would you do that unless you have that incentive at the end to have a practice where you can care and not just get work for for the government? My friend, we need to not lose momentum on pushing back. Donald Trump, uh, President Trump did a wonderful job. He had multiple campaign promises. And I'm not, I would argue that he probably kept more promises um, than maybe any other gov- government, pres- any other president in history. But I believe he missed on this one. I believe he talked a lot about ending Obamacare and off- offering an alternative plan, one that we never saw or heard. It's not easy. But healthcare is just one example. Government is reaching into every area, and we need to be careful not to get happy, happy, drunk, and complacent with government checks and handouts. We're in a real dangerous time right now because once something is given, it's hard to take it back. And when we reach the next crisis, whatever that might be, are we going to all put our hand out for the government to help us? My friends, the answer, we are the answer. We, the people, are the answer. And we as Christian people, we actually set the culture and we can set the culture on this. I hope this gives you some good talking points and illustrations to start talking to people and start putting the fire under the feet of government officials to come up with real plans that actually help us, help us and help all of us. So with that being said, let's go now. Let's go together to set and shape the culture.